Welcome to Become an Idol. I'm Dr. Robin Sargent, owner of Idol Courses. This is the place where newbies come to learn and veterans share their knowledge. I have here with me today, Vanessa Alzate, and you may know her from the being the CEO of Anchor Training. You've probably seen her on LinkedIn. She um, also has a wonderful Instagram channel at Anchor Training. And so we just connected. Uh, we are actually um, kind of in the same vortex as we were talking about before we got on here. And so Vanessa, will you still um, do a a better job of introducing yourself than what I just did. Sure. Thank you, Robin. Um, yeah. So I'm Vanessa Alzate. Um, I own Anchor Training. I've been in um, learning and development and instructional design um, since 2009. Um, I started right after college, which is probably that rare story. Um, but I didn't go to school for it. I went to school to be Elle Woods and to be a lawyer like my daddy, and then decided that, you know what, law school didn't seem like it was going to be my path. Um, but I had a really great volunteer experiences. Um, and through those volunteer experiences, I was able to create training. Um, and when you graduate college during the economic crash of 2008, you look for whatever you can get um, and hope that something sticks. And I found a job at a, um, at a software, a CRM software company, um, willing to hire. I found it on Craigslist of all places. <laughs> um, so I didn't find the Craigslist killer. I said, I found a job. Um, but yeah, I started out doing, um, training for pharma companies on their CRM software, really fell in love with all aspects of it. And then just kind of grew the career from there, um, and started freelancing when I left that job, um, while I was still working full time. Um, and then I got pregnant, like we were talking about earlier, uh, I got pregnant with my two girls back to back. And when I gave birth to my second, I thought for like a hot second, I could maybe have two kids, um, under one really, um, and work full time and freelance full time. And then I realized very quickly I couldn't. So we, um, that's where I birthed, I love to say I had three kids. Um, I birthed anchored training at that point, um, and went full time. And it's been um, really interesting ever since, like that first year, just trying to see what this whole being on my own thing was going to be like, and then um, deciding to, like I like to say, live out loud starting in 2020 and actually like show up um, and share more of my experiences. So it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. I love it. And it's um, it's like we said earlier, it's been a wild ride through the career. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you, you just like led into it. So na naturally we're going to be talking about marketing and personal branding. And so living yeah. out loud is just so, um, appropriate way to lead into that. And so, um, that's so funny. You're going to be a lawyer. Um, you know, I'm actually married <laughs> to an attorney. So you, um, probably have, you probably have a really good knack for, um, the analysis and all the writing that we got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love to say that I, um, one of the things that I think helps me in freelancing, especially working with clients and the sales calls is really being able to look objectively and see both sides. Um, and I attribute that a lot towards, you know, um, how my dad looks at things and when I want him to just automatically be on my side and he's like, well, Vanessa, you need to look at the other side of things. I'm like, well, I'm going to be leaving now. I'm going to my mother who's always on my side. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I, it really does help with like thinking through all aspects of, um, the content that I'm being given and thinking not only about the client that's giving it to me, who's typically never <laughs> the audience, right? It, they're speaking for the audience. So I have to be that voice for the audience, um, and ask those questions and ask to talk to them in order to create, um, you know, training that works for them. So, um, it really, those analytical skills really come in handy. Plus what I really have to get, you know, have like a, a difficult conversation or send an email or show up with receipts. I feel like saying exhibit a, <laughs> you know, you said this on this day. <laughs> but I bet your contracts look pretty, pretty tight. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. <laughs> you always got your dad for backup. So always, always, uh, you know what? Um, and I have to say, I've been blessed this year through the pandemic. Um, actually yesterday we celebrated his birthday and, um, he took the year to really help me with the kids and with our move and virtual pre-K, which was quite difficult. Um, but then having him in my back pocket whenever I have these difficult situations has been truly amazing. Virtual pre-K. Oh yeah. No it way. was really rough. It was horrible. I mean, she like learned, but you know, I'd rather, it was, I'd rather give my kid rough. YouTube kids. There's no way they're going to. Oh, that. there was a lot of that. Like, let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> let's be clear. Um, she, I, she learns from, it's interesting. Like I'm on YouTube too. And, and, and I watch the kids on YouTube kids and she's learning stuff from Ryan, you know, and my dad, because my dad's with her so often he's, he'll say, you know, oh, she, I'll ask how she learned about something about like the weather. And he goes, oh, that was from Ryan's mom. She was talking <laughs> about the weather. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm into that. Cool. As long as it's educational and not just mommy, will you buy me this toy that he's opening? We're good. Oh yeah. It's, uh, oh, I, I know I have the, I have the knowledge of YouTube. That's what one of my oldest said one time. <laughs> the knowledge of YouTube isn't, uh, I don't know if that's been validated. <laughs> yeah. They get confused when they randomly see my videos because we have YouTube um, linked up to my, to our TVs. Um, and they get confused when we open up YouTube and there's a video of me. They're like, mommy, why are you on YouTube? <laughs> you're not Ryan. <laughs> or they'll say, where's your toy that you're supposed to be opening? That's not all YouTube is, but cool. <laughs> it's all the YouTube they care about. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot that we, I know we talked about it beforehand about kind mm -hmm. of like, what is marketing? Is it always some kind of scheme to get people's money? <laughs> or maybe we should de define marketing a little bit better when we're talking about it for your business or your yeah. personal brand. So what do you think? You know, I, <laughs> oh, I know we chatted a little bit about this earlier, but Marketing is, can be such a dirty word, right? And building your personal brand can be, you think that you don't have one um, when you are a solo freelancer or you're an employee, right? You're just a regular employee, but you do have a personal brand. And it's not just a matter of, you know, showing up on Instagram or showing up on LinkedIn or YouTube. It's about how you want to present yourself to your coworkers, to your boss, to the other people in your you know, in your company, right. That you eventually might want a promotion and you want to be the one that they think about when they think about that promotion. Um, and it's something that I first was introduced to, um, when I used to work, I used to work for a home remodeling company as their office manager for their, uh, sales and marketing office here in New Jersey. And we, I went to their leadership conference and I was sitting in a room with our CEO 
literally like right next to him and we're having like this breakout room and he's, and that's where I got my first introduction to personal branding within, you know, as not necessarily something marketing and, and outward facing, but more internally and really thinking about, well, what's your personal brand? And he like straight asked us, what do you think your brand is? Um, which was like super awkward because it's your CEO sitting right there. And I'm like, I hope that I'm right. Um, and what I said, I, I, he, he did share that I was right <laughs> when I was so brand. So I felt good that I had that self-awareness, but it's really about, you know, how do you want to show up? How do you want to live out loud and owning who you are and owning your experiences and really knowing, you know, where you stand and what your core values are. And when I, um, you know, I, I, when I started the agency in, in 2018, it was just me. I was just, I slapped together a website because I needed it really quickly. And then I started thinking about what's the vision for this business. And that's when I started thinking about like actual branding and not just my logo, not just the colors, not just my website, but what values do I want to interject into all of my experiences, all of my client engagements, um, all of my projects. And that's marketing to me, you know, Um, because knowing that my clients get this really great holistic experience, knowing that they're feeling that culture of care, they're feeling like they have someone in their corner that's partnering with them, not just um, like kind of an employee, but not technically an employee um, or not just some other vendor. That's the experience I want them to have because then that's where your referrals come from. That's where your continued work comes from. And that's just where you feel better you know, and, and you love, and you, you love where you work and you love doing what you're doing. Um, and then I ended up, you know, pivoting that to, to being more vocal on LinkedIn and, and on deciding to start my YouTube channel. I was scared crapless to do that. <clears throat> yeah. Just this week, <coughs> excuse me. I, um, did a video on learning styles and I was so scared to put it out there. <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna come and like, like flood the comments with those aren't real. <laughs> Excuse me, absolutely, I was. Um, and that's why it took me a while to get to it. Excuse me, sorry. Um, it took me a while to get to that point, and um, I put it up and didn't realize <clears throat> our allergies are so bad back here. I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. So <clears throat> I put it up and didn't realize that there was a spelling error in my thumbnail, and it was late. And I had a moment of like, oh crap, do I take it down? And then I said, you know what? No, leave it up there. Have fun with it. People like commented on it. Cool. I spelled something wrong. Did you watch the video? Did you like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what did you think of the content? And you know what? So many of us don't post and don't put ourselves out there and start building that personal brand because we're so scared of making a mistake, spelling something wrong, yeah, linking the wrong thing that I said, you know what? Let this be a lesson for everybody. Just be yourself. Do you, you know, if you make a mistake, cool, learn from it, grow. And next time I'll, you know, not post or schedule my stuff late at night after a long day, you know, and I'll double check uh, and triple check and have someone else look at it with another fresh set of eyes, but own who you are. And there is so much value in that. Um, and we don't do enough of it. And people think that personal branding and marketing yourself is you have to create content, um, and that's just not it. You know, it's just a matter of showing up who you are and how you show up to others and how you engage with others. Um, and that to me is more personal branding and marketing and more powerful. It's a long game, personal branding and marketing. Um, it's not something that overnight, you know, just cause you show up on 
in or you show up on YouTube, you know, your, people are going to come banging on your door, but it definitely is something that um, I get so much excitement out of because I know that I'm paving the way for others who felt like me that they couldn't show up or felt like others who couldn't, um, who are scared to be wrong. Um, and you know what, if I, you know, I I'll be, I'll be wrong. If it helps you feel more comfortable to show up as you are and be more comfortable in who you are, I'm fine with that. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, so, I mean, we, you mentioned now, you know, a spelling Mm -hmm. mistake is nerve wracking. Some people Mm -hmm. are probably thinking my face in front of a video. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I feel you. (laughs) Trust me. That is, I, sometimes I think, um, I think about, um, you know, what, when I decided like, do I do a podcast? I can roll those out a lot, a lot easier. You don't have to worry about showing, showing up, you know, full face done. Um, and honestly, like no one cares what you look like. I have on on, on videos, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't look at someone for what they look like. I don't look at someone for, um, you know, do they have like, I've had lipstick in my teeth in my videos. And then I'm like, eh, well, here we go. We're, we're rolling with it. There's a little pink in there, whatever. Um, it is hard to show up on camera. It's hard because you're afraid, to, you know, of, of what others are going to think, but there's also, I think, ways to get around that. Um, and, um, I was actually watching one of Devlin Peck's videos this morning, one of his newer YouTube videos. And something that I love that he does is he'll almost like loom style, you know, you'll see him on camera full screen, and then he'll minimize himself and he'll make the presentation in the words, the um, main image. And you just see, see him in the bottom on the side. And I think that is a way to kind of get around that if you want to be on YouTube. Yeah. Well, my first go time going on camera was extremely nerve wracking. I think I tried to do the thing where you memorize what you're going to say, and then you get in front of the camera and then you say it all that <clears throat> that was a fail. I mean, if you've heard people say things yeah. like you should just sketch an outline and look at the camera, like you're talking yep. to your friend. That's and, exactly how to do it. And then mm-hmm. just go by your outline. And it was only yeah. doing that over and over again that I ever became comfortable with it. But it, I remember just like shaking. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. And it's so uncomfortable. It's so nerve wracking. I started to treat, but you know what helps? I started treating my camera like a friend, Yeah, you know, and like I'm talking to someone and <clears throat> some outlines, I script almost every word. And I can promise you, I say maybe 20% of it, <laughs> um, but having that outline and just being yourself, it, it, it is so powerful in, in owning who you are um, and really helps give people the idea of what it's like to, you know, work with you or be your friend or you know, just network, you know, what it would be like to meet you in a networking event. So, um, not saying that that is for everyone. Um, and that's why I think that podcasts are also a really great alternative because it is audio only. So there is lower stakes in that sense. And there's so much less prep time than, Mm. um, the video and making sure your lighting is on and, and it's good. Um, and making sure there's no one doing construction in your house that day so you could actually record. Yeah. And I think um, what you said about determining your values, who you are, and how you want to show up is at the core of marketing. And mm-hmm. I'm with you. And I think it's, you have to, it, it would be nice if you could determine what that is before you start um, making posts and and sending out messages, especially if you are trying to get your name out there for a reason, right? You're trying to reach an ideal client avatar or an ideal customer 
or an ideal hiring manager, I think that you should know like what is the message that you want to share and who are you who are you serving because that will inform your entire strategy. And so how did you oh start gosh, how yes, did you start yes. narrowing down your your ideal client avatar because you know, I run the freelancer boot camp and and I think a lot of times what they do is it'll be, you know, it's always the advertise to everyone. So you get real broad and then mm-hmm. you start to take on projects and then, you know, based on, you know, experiences, who you want to work with and who you don't want to work yeah. with. And then you, you kind of pick. So how did you do it? Same, same, honestly, same, because you know what? Um, and I'm still narrowing down who exactly my ideal client is and someone that I think fits into that mold um, ends up not right. So we're definitely in a better place of knowing who our ideal client and we're like, right. We're at that point of really defining that. Um, but you don't know until you you're in it and you work with it and you, um, and you start working in various industries. Um, if you decide that you want to do, I don't know, face-to-face training, you want to, you want to be that instructional designer that reimagines the classroom and then you start doing it and you realize, wow, I really don't like doing this because there's more to the work than the work. There is the politics of the company. There is how it is to work with clients. And sometimes you just decide, you know what? I'm not into it. Like that's not, that's not my jam. I I don't want to deal with like that side of things. Um, and that's what we had to do. We, we kind of cast a wider net, um, but I also don't think I thought about an ideal client when I first started to be perfectly honest. Um, I, when I first started freelancing and I was just putting, you know, reaching out to people, I was just reaching out based on like prior experiences. And then over time, when I really wanted to be more um, strategic about my marketing, that's when I um, have got, have was asked by so many people, who is your ideal client? (laughs) Who's your target audience? And I would kind of brush it off to the side. And then, so we have a director of learning experience design at, at AT and she keeps asking me like, all right, Vanessa, let's, let's define this. Yeah. And this is all this year. And I'm like, I don't, I want to dip my toe in this area because I don't know it yet. And then she's like, Vanessa, your marketing man, like who's your ideal client. And so we sat down earlier this year and really defined that, but I wouldn't say that that should be something that, um, that hinders, um, a, a freelancer to start, just start talking, start doing start just commenting on people's posts on LinkedIn, start there. Um, and then when you're ready to get to that point of creating content um, and creating strategic posts, that's when you have to sit back and reflect on all of your experiences and not just the work, but the industry and the pros and the cons of it, right? Because we both know when you work with government, you're dealing with a lot of stuff. And it's a very specific type of person that wants to work in that government space. Um, you have to deal with a lot of red tape, a lot of slowdowns, um, a lot of, you know, kind of trying to help people get, you know, go along. They go definitely a lot slower than they would incorporate. Um, so you have to think about all of those things and then think, do I want to speak to them? At one point I'm like, could I do higher ed? And then I thought about it and I decided, you know what? No, I'm not, I don't really want, you know, I have people that can do it. Um, but that's not going to be who I'm talking to. If there's a project that comes up and it, it fits into what, um, we offer and what I have someone that could take that on great, but my marketing content is not going to speak to them. Um, because I, you know, it's a, it's a very different type of industry. I love working with corporate clients. Um, 
And I love, you know, and I, and I love business. So I really want to make sure that I'm speaking to them. And the interesting thing too, in this arena is when you have to decide small, medium or large business, <laughs> that is hard. And, um, we are doing that now. And, um, you have to think about what services you offer and how do you, how you work with clients and, um, reflect on, on projects that you've worked on and what helps you get to the next level. So one thing that has always helped us is, um, like the consulting side of things and giving clients like a lower, lower entry into working with us. And that tends for us, um, to lead to bigger opportunities, um, with them. So that is kind of like one avenue that we talk about. Um, and, and when I'm speaking with potential clients, who have these grand ideas, really expensive training plans and, and e-learning modules. I'm like, you know, let's go this route and start within your budget, start with consulting and really map this out strategically. Um, and that is how we'll get to your, your larger plan. And that for me lives closer to our values and how I want them to see when, see us when they see anchor trading is worrying about what's best for our organization um, and really thinking about things strategically um, and not just going in and saying, let's just put together this ginormous onboarding program without really, because I know that you need it, but let's not really think about how all the pieces and how everyone fits and, and the change management that you need behind that. So yeah, it's uh, the ideal client part is definitely going to be one of the most difficult parts for freelancers because you're just trying to get jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, it's funny. I actually did exactly what you said. Like, I was like, well, oh my gosh, my whale client's about to disappear. I better, I better try this whole marketing thing. And yeah. I was just like putting together like little videos on learning theories and what the heck ever. I had no strategy. And what's so funny about that is that's actually what kind of led me down the path to, to serve our people. I mean, I was already serving our people in other ways, but it was because I kept putting out content that was attracting other instructional designers or new ones. And that my mm -hmm. entire network became other instructional designers. And then everything was just, all I was attracting was more and more instructional designers to ask me questions instead of clients. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, sometimes your marketing will determine your market for you is kind of what happened to me. And that, um, that's something that I, you know, I think about a lot. So I do have so many instructional designers in my network um, and my content doesn't necessarily speak to all of them, no. um, but if they like and engage with it, then they might have someone, uh, you know, that sees it on their um, feed that it does speak to, you know? Um, so that's kind of how I, I, I look at it. Cause yeah, when you think about the like vortex that you're in on LinkedIn, sometimes it's like a lot of these people are not my ideal client, but there's so much to gain from, you know, them um, engaging with your content, you engaging with theirs, you know, first and foremost, that's the biggest thing. Um, when you're, when you're going out there and you're freelancing and you're thinking about how you want to show up, don't even worry about your content, worry about engaging with other people and serving them first. Um, cause that is where true value and really sh showing people who you are, um, really happens. Well, let's talk about that. I think we should talk about mm -hmm. like value content marketing. What's kind of, you know, there's several different ways that you can market. There's several different purposes or angles that you can have. And, you know, specifically related to our industry, I think there's, you know, people who even say things like all of our topics have been covered already, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Can I cover the same topic that other people have covered? And, you know, what Hell yeah. content should I be making? And what's going to get me the furthest? And right. what would you say? So I don't think about content necessarily as always what's going to get me the furthest. <laughs> I'm thinking about that now. I will say in the beginning, I definitely didn't. Um, I just wanted to show people who I was because between 2009 and, you know, like 2020, my head was down. I was working. I was always working full-time and freelancing full-time. Like there was zero time for social media, you know, and I was getting a master's at the same time. So social media wasn't, couldn't be something that I'm, that I was on. Um, so I was like, I just want people to get to know me, you know, just say hi, um, and, and, and get to that point. Um, but then when you're thinking about what's going to be a value, it's thinking to what is the problem that your ideal client is trying to solve? What's a problem in the industry that you're seeing? And yes, everything's been covered. Truly, you are like everything has been covered by someone, but not in your voice, not with your experience. And I was actually thinking of that today while I was watching Devlin's video. I'm like, do people like not want, you know, would, would people not want to watch me? Cause they were covering the same thing. And then I'm like, Vanessa, you watch all, you used to watch a lot of makeup on YouTube, makeup channels on YouTube. There's a million makeup people on YouTube, but everyone brings someone, something different, you know? Yeah. And everyone brings their own style and their own flavor. And you jive with one person and maybe you just don't jive with another person. Um, or you jive with both people and you get two totally different viewpoints. You know, there is just no one way on things, um, except for maybe learning styles, right? Like debunked. We've, we've, we've discussed, <laughs> we, we know that now. Um, but there are different ways and different perceptions and, and different ways of looking at it. So I think that I wouldn't worry so much about things being covered already because it's giving your value, your experience. And yeah, it could have been covered, but someone on your feed might have never seen it before. So you, it's worth putting your, dipping your toe in um, and, and putting content out there. Also, if you don't like to do something, don't market towards it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, like I always say, like, I'm not a gamification girl. Like you're not going to find me creating a serious game for you. That's not my skill set. So I don't talk about it that way, you know? Um, Cause I don't want to attract people that come to me for, serious games because I'm just going to send them to, to someone else, like the actual expert in the field. If you want to talk about how to, um, you know, put some things in and, and dip your toe in, in gamifying, you know, game, game aspects of it, you know what I mean? Like avatars, badges and, and how that works. Okay, cool. We'll, I'll talk about that and we'll do that. That's more in my wheelhouse. So you really want to think about what don't you like? If you don't like developing e-learning, don't talk about storyline. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so just like think about those things, you know, and, and draw your list from there and think about the questions that you had when you started, because someone else probably has the same exact question. They don't know where to turn and they're just looking for someone to answer it for them. Yeah. You just never even know uh, who's going to come up in that search results or whatever. And just like you said, it doesn't matter if it's been covered before it's your voice and yeah. I have a different angle. And, and usually just like totally. you said, with makeup, like when people are interested in a topic, they want to do the strategy so where they learn from anyone and everyone talking about that topic. I mean, I know, yeah. I, know I do. Yeah. <laughs> Including makeup. You always learn a new tip. <laughs> <laughs> you learn a new tip or, um, you know, you find a different, like I always say in storyline, that's why like, I hate training it. Cause there's like 75 ways to get a cat in storyline sometimes. And I'm like, 
there's so many shortcuts and like you learn different things through watching how different people do things. Um, so yeah, just people can like love to consume content. Um, and it's okay if it's on the same topic over and over again. No one thinks about it in that same way. Yeah, that's right. So what's kind of, you know, people's first kind of step into marketing themselves and, and, uh, and kind of having, should they have some kind of goal? Don't you think, I mean, even if they don't have an ideal client, say they are looking for a job, which so many of those listening Mm -hmm. to become an idol are, what's kind of your advice in that space? Right. Just right there. Right. Your goal is to find a job. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be super specific, but think about what is that? Where do you want to find a job? Right. Like your, your dream client, your dream industry, you know, obviously it's not like, I just want to find a job, you know, anywhere. Like, no, you kind of know, you know, do you want to go into higher ed? Do you want to go into corporate? Do you want to go into pharma? Do you want to go into fashion? So narrow down like that dream and that, that, and that, and that goal to start and then start, you know, marketing to they like really looking at what are the problems that they're, that they have? What are um, things that they're looking for? Where's there a gap in their industry? Right. Um, and how can you use instructional design and learning and development to help uh, solve or help to start solving that, that gap. Um, But I also think just after that goal is really just sitting down and, and and thinking about what are some things that you could talk about forever Um, and helping to narrow that down and then think about what is your voice when you're talking about it. Right. So um, there is now I can't even think about who did it, um, but there's about 14 different personas that you can, they kind of have with your personal brand. Like Every brand kind of falls under one of these 14 categories and um, think about how you want your voice to show up. Right. So if you're someone who wants to be like the, like the rebel, you know, and that's kind of your, your gig and that's, that, that should be your tone of voice. If you're someone that, um, you know, is more like me, open, honest, transparent, um, just kind of, you know, like, like your best friend talking to you, right. Then make sure your content, um, speaks to that same way, but have it be you in a way that you would actually show up. Because one thing that people do notice is when you're being fake, um, or when you're, it doesn't seem true to who you are. So you want to make sure you're always being sticking to who you are. Oh, a hundred percent. And there's some other ways that you can just uh, start showing up for future employers, especially if you are trying to make that transition, like just mm-hmm. doing small things like what I learned this week. And of course it'll yes. probably be related to instructional design. A lot of my academy members, you'll see their little, their little posts of three things I learned this week, mm-hmm. or they can, or you can always just start um, what you've said a lot, Vanessa, which is like work out loud. So even though yeah. you are, in your first steps of building your very first storyline course or, or whatever Mm -hmm. that is, show it. It doesn't matter if it's not perfect. What you're going to show is a progression of skills over time. And so if you can just get over, you know, whatever the nasty voice in your head says, then. (laughs) Oh, it's homegirl imposter syndrome. Yeah. She sits with me. She's sitting right here with me right now. Um, (laughs) imposter syndrome. It's, it's her, she's there. She's, but you know what? You just gotta have to be like, friend, we're going to just put you on the back burner or else I'm never going to progress. Um, and so we're just going to fall flat. If we fall flat in our face and something, we're just going to fall flat in our face and we'll move on. People forget the internet um, has a long memory, but also sometimes a very short memory. Um, but you know what? I think the, um, an area of, of opportunity for, um, those in your academy as well is your storyline project, right? Like your first portfolio piece, have it speak to your ideal client. 
And showing that progression of that first portfolio piece can really attract um, your ideal client as well, because you don't know who's looking, you don't know what they need, right? Um, And you could be solving a problem that they're actively solving, trying to solve in that moment, and they'll reach out. So I would definitely think about how your portfolio pieces also translate to that as well. Yeah, and just so much of what you said about how just commenting (laughs) can be a part of your personal brand. I remember a time where I actually got a project uh, as a freelancer because Mm -hmm. I commented on somebody's question about how to do X, Y, Z and articulate storyline. And I gave an answer and they like direct messaged me on LinkedIn and said, I'm building X, Y, Z course. Would you, um, is that something that you do? Yeah. So I took on that. Yeah. So just like you said, just even showing up to comment and add value where you can, even if it's not to create videos of your face. Yeah. Look at Chris, look at the amazing Christy Tucker, right? She started off with blogging Yeah. and just blogging her experience and blogging about, you know, like scenario based training and, and, and what that looks like. And, and she's just killing the game, you know, in that, in that arena. And she's the go-to person. So many people, um, you know, they see her stuff and they go to her first because she just started blogging. She's not on video anywhere. She's not on YouTube. She's just writing about her experience and living out loud and working out loud through her blog. And it attracted, you know, her ideal clients. Yeah. Yeah. She was the first one to like be online when I was making the transition in 2012. So um, Mm -hmm. you to be able to work with her now, it's like, I, it's like, Oh, she's incredible. We're in a, um, a Slack group together. And I, I always, anytime she imparts her wisdom and her insights on, on, um, you know, challenges, I always just get so much when we're on community hours together. I always learn so much from her every single time. Yeah. And I think it's worth it also maybe to even just mention, like have an opinion. I think, Mm -hmm. I think that also will help whatever kind of marketing, whether you want to land a job, become a senior instructional designer, uh, you know, become a leader in the industry, whatever your purpose or big goal is. I think that forming your opinion, even if you just start practicing in the background about listing out things and coming up with opinion based on your own experiences, what those answers are, I think that's another way that just makes your voice more valuable instead mm-hmm. of just being someone's like, and I agree with everyone. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you don't have, yeah. And I think people get concerned with disagreeing and then possibly starting something on the internet, you know, <laughs> no, but it's fine. You know what I mean? Like sometimes some people post things in a very theoretical place, you know, um, and in an ideal world, like ideally we should be doing a needs analysis on every single project, whatever the case may be, as I'll come in and I'm like, you know what? Yes, we should be doing that. But realistically, a lot of like I did um, a confessions of the of instruct, instructional designer, you will see up and down people say, well, don't be an order taker, don't be an order taker. And I just sat and I said, you know what, people might come for me for this. Sometimes you have to be an order taker because uh, I am right there with you. It is also my opinion that especially as a freelancer, you there are gatekeepers towards vendors. I mean, just think about the paperwork, the contracts, the interviews, etc. that you will go through as a freelancer. It um it there you're going to have to be a special type of performance consultant for them to come to you at that stage. Usually I found yeah. 
in my business, they're coming to me after they've already decided what it is that Mm -hmm. they need and want. And uh, you coming back to them and saying, well, actually, what you really need is a whole nother needs analysis. They'll be like, okay, thank you very much. Goodbye. And then you lost yes. and then you lost that job. And what if all you wanted to do was just build their stinking course? Right. So yeah. And I think, yeah, and that's an area that new instructional designers, they get caught up in the, but we have to be performance consultants and this and that. And it's like, yes, you do, but you also have to pay the bills and you have to find a way to get in there. So if a way to get in there is that they're coming to you because they want this course built, do that, but build the relationship, plant those seeds during the, the process about doing another project or expanding on it. I mean, even when we're talking about in the workplace too, right? Like even if you're not a freelancer, you will sometimes be an order taker because you, you cannot win with argument, right? You just can't win by arguing with your superiors or whoever it is that has hired you. The only way that you can change people's minds is through demonstration. And so if they want you to do something that you actually disagree with, then it would be better for you to even take that order, demonstrate how that might not be this best solution and then have them come up with the idea to do something else. You'd have a better chance at that than to argue or to say like, we're doing it wrong. If you know that something like a huge scenario-based course is the best way, but they don't want the budget or they don't want to take the time for it. There are other ways to get around that, to introduce the concept and what you're Mm. doing within scope to prove your point. Right. So like Exactly. Introducing a scenario. Like, you know what I mean? So like just being creative about how to chip away is a way to get to where you want to be without jumping to your ideal state or your dream job. And I liked how we talked about how marketing is something that you do, whether you're a freelancer or you're in your business. I'll tell you that, you know, just kind of showing up for who you want to be seen as in your um, daily business life, whether that's, you know, you're in an office or you're not is a lot of the connections I made working as a full-time employee are mm-hmm. those same long-term clients I've had oh, yeah. idle courses and why I get new oh. business through idle courses. It'd be like, Oh, Robin, let me call Robin. And they all scattered, mm-hmm. you know, they all, all those people I used to work for, they all work in higher positions in other companies and those companies need training. And when they need it, that person remembers them. Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's yeah. the same thing. So you know, it's, it's worth it. I think to, to think about who it is that you want to show up as whether you're working in your job or mm-hmm. freelancer. Yeah. It's like dressing for the job that you want. Yeah. Um, not the one that you have. It's that same idea with marketing is marketing yourself for the, for where you want to be and that vision where you want to be and not where you are at the moment. Um, because I love like the secret and manifestation and mindset oh. and really, that's my jam. Like, you know, and, talk after this. <laughs> oh yeah. And if you're putting that out there in your marketing, your social media, and you're putting that mindset out there, that's what you're going to get. The universe will bring that back to you. Um, and so I get, listen, I never thought I, I, you know, if I thought about my job, I thought it was going to be, I thought it was to be someone important in a, in a company, um, maybe a VP, um, of learning development at some point. Um, did I ever think I was going to own my own business in the very beginning? No. Um, I didn't think that was going to be my path. 
Um, and then, you know, when I, I start decided to really do, do this, um, I realized that a lot of the things that I had been putting out there in the way I was presenting myself in other companies was just leading me to this place and who I was aligning myself with when I was at work, you know, like though that led me to this, um, to this, to this lifestyle. And I'm not the boss that I want to be in five, 10 years, but, um, I will be because I'm putting her out there. And because I just know in my heart of hearts that there is something bigger, there's something more. And I just have to keep holding on to that because there are times in your business that you are going to struggle. Projects aren't going to come in. The marketing efforts are not going to be as um, fruitful as you were hoping. Again, remember marketing and personal branding is a very much a long game, but there are times that's not going to happen. So you're just holding on to that vision and that portrayal of who you want to be is what keeps you going sometimes. Yeah. And um, what would you say are kind of like the, the main buckets of marketing. I think of education, entertainment, and comedy. Those are kind of like the buckets I've got in my mind. What do you, what are you thinking? Yeah, I would say that we definitely, um, market in that same way. Like what's an educational piece. Um, and I, and I market to thinking like an educational piece for a client and an educational piece for other instructional designers, because I want to also serve my community. Um, a bucket for me is also, um, philanthropy and doing just better in the world, right? And doing good. Um, so you'll see me talk a lot about things um, in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. And I volunteer a lot in diversity, equity, and inclusion with other organizations because um, that's what I like to put out there. Um, and then there's fun, right? So like I had, I always have so much fun for myself. Like whenever I do like business type YouTube videos or like when I did the confessions of an instructional designer, because that's when I can just like let my hair down and be myself and show people who I am. Um, you know, if you are, you know, my friends and if you are within like my my small circle. So not that my circle is small, but you know, and like in my inner circle, um, what do they call that? Like the circle of trust or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Um, so I like to be able to do that because I want people to then, if like we ever meet, I want you to walk away being like, I felt like I knew you forever because I watched your videos or I, I talked to you through LinkedIn um, or I saw you comment. And like, that's exactly how I pictured you to be. I want people to know, like when they see me, like this is who they get. And there's like nothing else behind that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being yourself is absolutely important. <laughs> Critical. Uh, I mean, I actually um, am one of those people that I have no idea how to be anybody else. And so what you see is what you get, but, <laughs> but I think it is worth it to say it right? Because you might think that you need to be a certain type of person. I have, you know, and I actually posted yesterday on LinkedIn, there's an article about um, being funny at work. And just this week, you know, I was talking with my team and I'm like, am I like too much? You know, am I like, I like to, you know, be open and is this not the person for our ideal client? Like, should I be more professional and more like, I don't want to say polished, like I'm not polished, but like a little bit more buttoned up, a little bit more corporate. And they were like, no, you have to be you because then if you are that person who you think your quote unquote ideal client wants, wants you to be, you're going to be miserable. First of all, they're not your ideal client because you can't be yourself. And then you're going to have to pretend to be not pretend, but like you have to play up into this um, into this persona that you created, that's not true to who you are. So, you know, when you work with me, sometimes, you know, we talk about the 
enlarged dog picture that I have in my house of, you know, my dog in like a, in, with like his um, badges and, and all of that stuff, you know, like this, uh, like a royal photo of him that we have for fun <laughs> created, you know, like sometimes you learn about that. Sometimes I learn more about, you know, you and who you are. And that to me is all within personal branding because you hit on it. Yes, the workplace is large, but it's not that large. And people will keep coming back to you and people move around. Like I work a lot in pharmaceutical, with a lot of pharmaceutical companies. I cannot tell you how many times a, um, someone has left one pharma company and I've worked with them just a couple of weeks later at a different one. <laughs> um, so that will happen to you so often. So, so often. Yeah. And um, if you're ever just kind of thinking about, well, how do I market to my ideal clients? How do I get content ideas? There's um, a couple tools out there like Simrush, S-E-M-R-U-S-H.com. I don't know if you've used this one, Vanessa, or not, if you've used a different one, but basically you can click on content marketing topic research and you can put in whatever kind of industry or topics or problems that your ideal clients solve or um, maybe the type of industry that your hiring manager, your ideal hiring manager is in, and you can put yeah. in um, their information and then it'll just give you questions that people ask that you can answer in that field um, mm -hmm. and all kinds of articles and it'll give you a ton of ideas. Do you have any yeah. other tools like that that you use, Vanessa? So I am, I use, I feel like this is kind of old school. Go to Dr. Google on like LinkedIn. And I'm like always searching different things just to see what people are talking about outside of instructional design. <clears throat> um, and I just look to see like what questions there are. Um, I lurk on people on like different groups and things like that um, to, to gauge that. I also like, if I know where my ideal client is hanging out, right. So like a different conferences, I look to see what the conferences that they're going to, and like, what's the topics that they're going, you know, what were the speakers talking about? Not because I want to copy them, but because I want to know what's that thread. Like, what are those questions that are being answered? Do I have an opinion on it? You know? Um, so those are some other ways. And that way you also can see where your ideal client is going. So you can show up there as well. Um, Cause there's so much value it's one thing to go to like these, and I realized that I'm going to the ATD conference in September, August, September, but it's one thing to go to a big ATD conference and be amongst a sea of other practitioners. But if you can go to an industry event for your ideal client, so like, let's say you want to get into the pharma space. If you're going to where they are hanging out and in front of them, you might be one of two training vendors. Um, and then you're really marketing yourself towards that, you know, your ideal client there, and then you're more memorable. You're not Nissy. Um, so it's definitely something to think about is like how you can show up there. And even if you're not like sponsoring it, just show up and go ask questions, be part of the networking opportunities, right? Be, it, get in the chat. You know what I mean? And you know, if there's a question that comes up and you know that there's a way that learning and development can solve it, solve it through for them in that chat. They'll remember your name and they'll, they'll reach out to you. Yeah. And so now you have a learning conference coming up. Is that, is that happening? I do. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> it is so happening. We, um, I do. I just, <clears throat> I am a super pragmatic person. And so I was like, I just feel like we need a conference where we actually talk about how to actually do things and solve things and not be all flowery and big picture. So, um, and I just like wanted to try it and see what'll happen. 
Um, so we have the Anchored and Learning Virtual Summit. It's coming up um, September 9th and 10th. Speakers will be announced uh, Monday. Um, oh, that's soon, huh? About <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, we are. Um, I'm drafting up all my letters uh, between today and tomorrow for all my speakers. So um, not saying you might get a letter, but I'm just saying you might. Um, <laughs> sharing more information about um, your opportunity there. But yeah, we're going to have some live sessions. We're going to have some on-demand sessions. And those on-demand sessions, we're going to have... Um, the speakers actually, um, we're going to do breakout rooms with the different speakers to do Q and A's with them. Um, and then, um, we're going to do some hot seats where, you know, you can come and talk to, um, you know, my team and we'll help, you know, help you, um, kind of solve your problem or at least get you on the path towards solving your problem. And then, you know, a social hour or half hour at the end, just so that we can just like laugh, have fun and just, you know, ch chat at the end of the day. So it's free. Um, you can learn more about it at um, anchoredinlearningsummit.com. Um, and that's where you can register. And um, it's all virtual. So really taking advantage of this new world that we're living in. Are you taking sponsors? <laughs> We are. That's also coming out, I think, Monday. Um, so our um, speakers and sponsors are all coming out coming Monday. Yeah, we are. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's that's incredible. So it's completely free. Mm -hmm. And you I saw that you you put out your invites to pretty much the public as far as gaining speakers. Did you have? Yeah. And um, the title is doing something. Tell me what it is. It's like doing something different or pushing the Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we, uh, so our tagline, like as a business and it's like the theme for our first summit is rethink compliance, rethink culture, rethink learning and development. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times I've gotten a, uh, like a laptop from a client and I have to go through their compliance training and I'm literally sitting there waiting for the next button <laughs> to just enable, <laughs> um, and I'm being talked to, and I'm like, that's not going to solve your problems. And as we're seeing now with, um, all these cyber attacks that we're getting, um, that are happening that are just be, like just such national news. And these are just like the really big ones, right? Um, it's a problem. And it's, we always, we know that it's not like, it's not just a matter of, it's just, just a training issue. It's linking back to your culture. Like people are just, there's, there's other issues there. Um, and can we bridge that gap um, a little bit with learning and development and then, um, you know, other avenues. So um, that is the theme, rethink uh, compliance, rethink culture, rethink learning and development. And it's just ways to rethink how you do things. Um, rethink, you know, one of the things that one of the topics is going to be about um, how to use PowerPoint um, to create a game board, you know, so you think that you have to create a game using storyline or, um, and you need this other tool, but um, we're going to be doing it through PowerPoint, something that we all probably have. Um, so just trying to rethink that and just um, make things a little bit more accessible is really, um, really important for me. Do you think that you're going to attract any of your clients to this free conference? We are definitely marketing it to them, you know, and we are certainly, um, you know, I'm coming up with a, you know, where I need to be speaking at and where I need to be marketing this to and, and the different groups that I need to put it out there in. Um, so I'm definitely stepping out of my comfort zone and, and going to, um, you know, podcasts about, you know, more corporate clients or more compliance clients, right? Um, our ideal client, not necessarily just learning and development. Um, but I also like for me getting a job out of it or like my ideal client at it, that's like icing on the cake. Or, like that's like the cherry on the Sunday. Yeah. Knowing that other instructional designers are going to come and take something for their clients that they learned at our summit 
that to me is more impactful um, because I feel like I'll make a bigger, um, a bigger impact for someone else. And I actually was able to provide value to our community. Um, so if our ideal client is there, um, I mean, yeah, great. I would love that, you know, you know, anchortraining.com let's, let's have a consultation. But, um, for me, for this first one, especially it's just about serving the community because you know what you, not everybody has known me for that long and not everyone knows me. So this is just a way to get to know me, my style, um, which is like a little bit fun, a little bit nineties and a little bit, you know, um, sassy pants. So we'll just have some fun. Well, I love it. I think it's a, a great idea to, um, to do it. And also, you know, it's, it, that is no, uh, small feat to start and run nope. your own conference. So all the kudos yeah. to you, um, Thank you. for, for starting this. I know, um, somebody asked, uh, Kath Ellis and Kim Tui if they're going to do their learning conference again this year. And they said that they're still recovering from last year. <laughs> But also just to think, Vanessa, you said that you really started um, making it a point to start showing up in 2020. And it's just like less than a year later. And here you are, you're going to start and run your own learning conference. Yeah. So I'm in Aries and I'm impatient. So we're just going to go big or go home. Um, and that's just how it is with me. It's like, we're doing it. We're doing it now. Um, because if I overthink, and this can, I actually also think ties back to you showing up online, but like, if you start to overthink things that you'll never do, you'll find so many reasons not to like the cost, right? Like I'm paying for a marketing person to help us. I'm paying for the platform that we're going to be using. Like there's a lot of costs associated with it. Um, <clears throat> but I think that that cost I'll end up recouping, not through sponsorships, just in the future, just through brand recognition and just through the fact that other people are going to be able to utilize um, what they learned at my conference and grow from it. Like there is a lot of power there um, and a lot of, um, a lot of impact that goes for me far beyond monetarily. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And so, I mean, just showing up and I think that's kind of the thing that we've learned the most. Is there any kind of um, last tips that you want to give about personal brand and marketing, especially to those that might be new to our industry? Yeah. Um, I, I think just to like sum it up and, and the best thing that you can do just starting now is just, um, know who you are, reflect on who you are, but also ask other people, um, ask your friends, ask people that you're not that close with that wouldn't mind giving you, um, actual constructive feedback. Um, because you want to know that as how you're showing up is exactly how they're seeing you. Um, and sometimes you think that you're showing up one way and someone could be like, actually, your message was hella confusing. Um, so making sure you're getting that feedback and not being afraid of feedback, right? Whether it's your portfolio piece um, or your marketing strategy or, um, you know, how, you know, your personal brand get that feedback. Um, and like I said, like, you know, when I had to answer that for my CEO, I was scared, um, and there were some people in that room that said things and I'm like, that's not at all how I see you. Um, but we were able to give constructive feedback and I do, I, you know, I, I see those people and I know that they're doing better because they're more aware of how they're showing up or they adjust how they're showing up in order to show up how they want. Um, so there's a lot of value in, in doing that. Yeah, that, that's great advice. And even just what about all that content that you guys probably <laughs> already have that you could, if you just featured it then it would be, it would be more visible. Like some people have portfolios, they don't put it on their featured section of their LinkedIn profile. Right. Right. Or if they, you know, are 
alone writing a blog over somewhere else, but they don't share it because they're scared mm -hmm. or any of those kinds of things. So I think I, I, I love your message. Like just show up, just start doing it. And you'll be amazed at how many just friends and allies you can find just by being, by being noticed. Yeah. And it's an amazing community at the end of the day, right? We're yeah. instructional designers. We're, we want to help others. Um, so we're, we're not a scary community that is going, that's looking for holes. Um, we're just looking to support. Um, and if there is something, you know, new, you know, um, education out there, we'll just let you know, like yeah, everything's learning experience. Everyone comes at it from different places. Um, so it's nothing to be scared about showing up. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Vanessa. I really appreciate having you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at idlecourses.com. If you like this podcast and you want to become an instructional designer and online learning developer, join me in the Idle Courses Academy where you'll learn to build all the assets you need to land your first instructional design job, early access to this podcast, tutorials for how to use the e-learning authoring tools, templates for everything course building, and paid instructional design experience opportunities. Go to idlecourses.com forward slash academy and enroll or get on the wait list. Now get out there and build transcendent courses.